Is my mic working? Me and Jax had a, we had a thing and it fell out. So check me. Fun, as a little kid and big kids do. Yeah, it's supposed to have fun. Okay. What we've been dealing with is the 16 deadly Ds, right? And the 16 deadly Ds are different. They, they're uh, uh, spirits that start with a D that can get into our lives and cause us a lot of damage. And uh, this one here is one that some of you may still be trying to get over it, no matter what age you are, because somebody defiled you. That's what the word is, defiled. And a lot of times when we talk about defiled, we think of being molested, which is so. And But sometimes it can be what somebody says. That's right. And if you're not smart enough to be able or strong enough to be able to deal with it, it can break your spirit. Does that make sense? And so this one here is very dangerous because even in my life and you know how I grew up and my age, there were things that were said that could have damaged me for a long, long time. Some of you have probably never, there's a place called Spring Hill, Kansas, just, mm -hmm. just a few, not too far from here. In my freshman year, one of the most exciting things, they wouldn't let freshmen start in high school, but they, you could be on the first team, but you just couldn't start, okay? And my number was called in, uh, and I was just excited. And I thought maybe it's gonna use me as a decoy or something, and he called, quick pitch right, 32s. And I was so excited, I was getting my name called. We're talking about defiled, right? And uh, of course, uh, my friend Bill was the quarterback then, we pitched the ball out. Excuse me, he wasn't, another quarterback was there then, the rest of my freshman year. And of course, I fumbled the ball and it bounced back up and caught it. And I was over on their sideline, I got tackled. And I never, I was called every racial name that you could be called. Now you're talking to a 14 year old. And uh, it got so bad that Coach Ventura took me out of the game. And that, you know, the, you, as a football player or as an athlete, you can't show emotion of weakness, like crying. Not in high school, you can't do that, right. right? So you do it inside. Does that make sense? And it hurts you deeply. And I never, I went to my stepfather and talked to him about it, and I never thought about quitting. And my coach, I talked to him about it, was Earl Ventura, who was Italian, who went through the same thing when they hired him as coach. Because you're talking about, in small town, you see. And so he had all that racial stuff. They would write on the walls, Dago, go back home. I didn't know what that meant, <laughs> you know, freshman. So that could have damaged me 
but I hung in there. And then, of course, we all know this results was very great. It was known all over around them, but that could have defiled me. And that could have put me to the point that some of my friends that are Caucasian, or white, however you want to call it, would not be friends today because that anger could have stayed there. You know how that goes? That's right. You see, so when we talk about being defiled, we're, talk, we're not just talking about physically. And I hope that these lessons that I'm giving you all, you're talking to your children about it. Because it is brutal in middle school and high school. It is brutal. And if you're not careful, and if you're weak, and you're not careful, you'll let somebody get in your ear. All right? And so I want to keep going, and there's some... America makes money off you when you get defiled. That's right. They make money off you. Because what happens is you begin to change to try to fit the mold that they've set for you. You see? It is amazing to me, and stay with me, that just this year, or maybe the next last two years, we're back with the with our hair being natural. No, it's the, it's, the, it's the thing now. You see, it went away for a while. And it's back because we got into that culture thing of I want to be like what somebody says I should be. Right? Come on, ladies. There was a time when you could never think about climbing up the ladder and being a CEO an executive, right? And you could have worked and done everything right to get there, but your other female friends would defile you by saying, we know how you got there. Am I doing all right? You see, and if you're not careful, you start doubting yourself. It happens all the time. Even today, I listened to Beth Moore. You all know who Beth Moore is? Joyce Meyer. Incredible. There was a time when those ladies wouldn't be as powerful as they are today because they would use terminology to defile them so that they would think that they were not capable or able to get in the pulpit and teach. Right? And still... There are organizations, religious organizations that do that. So this is a very powerful word. And so we're going to talk about this a little bit because we don't allow these spirits to take over us in here. We don't allow this. If somebody tells you you're not good enough, you need to ask them, who are you to tell me who I ain't and who I am? Wouldn't you think? That's right. You don't know me. You see? Because sometimes you have to fight back. That's right. It's all the time you, you submit. Sometimes you got to fight back. And you got to let know, you got to make a stand. And so we're talking about that some things, listen to me, some things God does, but some things you need to do. That's right. Because of who you are, and He's given you the tools to do it. 
Do you understand what I'm saying is? See, sometimes you knew, you know, you need to get off your knees, put your boxing gloves on. I call them your spiritual boxing gloves on and take care of business. I ain't talking about fighting. You need to let people know that, no, I ain't that one. You got the wrong person you're talking to today. You understand what I'm saying? Because the Bible talks about spiritual what? Warfare. So when you have spiritual war, that's scripture, spiritual warfare. So that means you got to put your spiritual, come on, gloves on and go to war. That's right. And let folks know, no, 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 not today. You see, you understand? And, and, uh, and Satan will flee from you. So we're going to work, deal with the word. There's two words that we get confused. is defiled and holy. Let's deal with these two words first. Defiled means to what? To make filthy or dirty. And that's one of the things that we can use physically. You can do that physically. You can, make it, you can do that with your mouth. All right? Come on. You see? And there are people who have made people feel that they were filthy and dirty by what they've said to those people. Yeah, they have. And they said pollute. Is that right, the next one? Pollute, correct. Yeah, yeah. And they can do that. What are you listening to? That's right. I've told you all, don't listen to negative stuff. You are no garbage can. That's right. Right? This is stuff you need to take care of. All right? To make unclean or impure. We know what that makes, to make unclean or in, uh, impure. That goes from your physically, spiritually, or emotionally part of your life. All right? To degrade. Now listen to me. Say that, to degrade. To degrade. When you see that somebody does that, you know that that is a demonic force. Satan wants to degrade, degrade you. Who are you created in the image of? God. Now, isn't this something? The scripture says, and man, he made Adam and he created him in the image, his own image. And then we stop. But if you keep reading, he says, and then he committed male and female. Ladies, who you created in the image of? So why are you letting somebody do what? You see? Why, why are you getting degraded? You see? You need to know who you are in him. You can't let anybody degrade you. That's right. You see? I don't care what color you are, what size you are. What, what are you doing? You see? Do you know when you look in the mirror today, go home and look in the mirror, God created you to be who he wanted you to be. Now, you can do stuff but not taking care of your body and, 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 and uh, put filth and dirt in your own self. You can do that. But he, every one of you, I'm going to tell you something. Some of you probably don't even know. You're special. There ain't nobody like you. That's right. So why would you let somebody degrade you? You know, I got some people that, uh, and some of them are kin to me, say, you think you're better than everybody else. And you know what I tell them? You got that right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, come on here, and I'm going to say something, and some of you parents have probably done it. Well, honey, you're no better than anybody else. Parents will tell you, no, you ought to be better than somebody. That's right. Amen to that? Amen. All right, so we don't fall for that stuff in here, all right? Now, they, you can call me arrogant or whatever, but, oh, Lord, if I see some people that I know, and I'm no better than them, woo. Are y'all with me? Teach. Don't you know some people that you don't want to that you thank God you ain't like them. That's right. And listen to me, are you born again? Amen. Then that means that people that ain't born again, you better than them, because you're born again. That means when you're born again, the Bible says you are a new creature in who? In Christ. 
I walk as Christ, I talk as Christ, I think as Christ, I have the spirit of Christ within me. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Do you understand where I'm coming from? That's you, all right? Here we go. Defile also means to impair, which is to weaken or damage. Why? And, and wait a minute now. There, there are little forces, little demons in people. Because, you know, Satan uses people to get to you, right? That's right. And usually it's, it's people close to you, and them little demons want to do what? Read that again. Impair, uh -huh. which is weaken They want to weaken you, and they want to damage you. Yeah. Because let me tell you, losers want you to be a loser with them. That's right. Let me tell you what. And it's worse with women than it is with men. When, when you start going up the ladder, you start taking care of yourself and doing better, then the first thing people go, start saying is, especially ladies, they start cutting each other. I've seen it all the time. No, you know, well, you think you all that, huh? Yeah. Yep. yep. They don't, here's what, ladies, let me tell you what you're supposed to do. Let me help you. When somebody says, you think you all that, you say, yes, I'm all that, and you miss something. They're going to say what? And more. That's right. Right? You're a child right. of God, aren't you? Yeah. You're, there's something, no, there's some things you need to do to take up for your own self. Amen. Right? People think because they become Christians, they're weak. If there ain't nothing in here tells you to be weak. That's nowhere right. in this gospel does it tell you to be weak. There's nowhere it tells you that you can't stand up for yourself. Right? Amen. All right? You ain't got to pray to God to do that. Open your mouth. Yeah. Claim who God created you to be. Preach. Claim who he created you to be. All right? And finally, defile means a sinful and unfit condition. Yeah. People want, and people feel that. I've seen brilliant people. People talk them down to them that they didn't think they were unfit. And it can happen in marriages. Yeah, it can. It can happen in relationships. You see, sometimes, you know, because I, I say to some of you all, when you all get these, uh, uh, I mean, I don't want to use that word. That's not good for the pulpit. But anyway, <laughs> there, there's, there, there's just some things that we can't do. There's just some things that you can't put up, should not put up with. That's better? Okay? Uh, you should know your condition. That's right. You understand? You see? Now, see, sometimes, now listen, there's arrogant, which I'm not, holy boldness, which I am. That's right. There's two different things. But if you ain't spiritual, you think I'm arrogant. But if you're spiritual, he's holy bolus. He, he's bold. Because when I, I'm doing this, dealing with this, then I'm special. You see? And the last I heard that I was bought with a price. What were you bought with? A price. Who bought you for that price? So why are you allowing other husbands and wives and kin folks and other folks and these folks tell you who you are? And some of you are doing it in here because you just got through hearing it. Because some folks like to go to this church, you want to sit in church, and you think you got to be, Lord bless you. No, I'm going to bless you if you try to take this from me. I believe it. Right? That's on you. That ain't on God. That's right. My mother used to say, open your mouth. All right. Y uh, you getting me? We don't have it. It's called arrogant? No. Holy? Boldness. All right. Are you a child of God? Yes. Are you special? Yes. 
Does he love you? Yes. Is he your heavenly father? Yes. Did he say that I will give you your every need? Yes. It's holy bogus. That's right. You see? All right. Now let's look at the word holy. Now listen to me. People get this confused. I can't be holy. Yeah, you can. Let's, let's see what that means. First, it means dedicated or consecrated to God. You're just dedicating your life and consecrating to God. You can do stuff that way. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you, are you holy? Yes. You're dedicated and you're consecrated to God. All right? Holy also means moral goodness, but not perfect. And I have moral goodness, but I ain't perfect. I tell you all, all the time, I'm your pastor. I'm saved, but I ain't safe. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? I'm the only one in here that, that's, that ain't safe. <laughs> right? I'm good, I love the Lord, I try to do the best, I deal with this, but, but you know, sometimes I'm on that edge. Amen. You see, and see, and I know that, that God knows that I'm not perfect all the time because he's got a thing called forgiveness. He wouldn't have said that he would forgive me if I was perfect because he wouldn't have a reason to forgive me. That's right. Does that make sense? Amen. That's pretty good, I should be a pastor. Okay, let me try. All right. It means having a divine quality. And having a divine quality. Every one of you all in here have a divine quality. Yeah. You've got to start thinking spiritual. Right. I have, a, say this, I have a divine quality. I have a divine quality. And, 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 and see, I don't, I don't know what it is, but you should know what it is. Every one of you in here has a divine quality. You are not here just to be here. Once you get born again, okay, once you get saved and born again, God has a purpose for you, and that is your divine quality. And sometimes, I tell people, they don't get it, but sometimes when some people have that quality to suffer. Yeah. God puts some people here to show us how to get through. That's right. Right? Does that make sense? It's scary, but he puts some people here to show us how to get through. You see, how can I let some man teach me? That's right. That's what that English soldier said, right? That's right. You see? So there are things that someone can talk to you about something, and you have to have that divine quality to be able to put it in your life where it belongs. You see, I won't tell the whole story, but I was talking to, I'll just say a friend, a friend, and there was a word used, but I could not get to that word. It just wasn't in my head that what I needed to give and what I needed to be as a person, you know? And it came to me, the, I opened up the Bible, struggling with that, and that was too soft. And the person I was talking to used another way of, uh, of illustrating what she felt it would be, and I thought that was too soft. That terminology was too soft for me, opened up the Bible and said mercy. Mm. Whole different ball game. Because when I woke up, up the Bible and said mercy, it slapped me. Because this is what God's asked me to have. That's right. I wish he had never asked me. So, so, you know, and mercy was, and it came to me what mercy is. Say, give me an illustration, Pastor. There's, have you ever looked on TV and somebody's committed a crime and you said, 
they put, they deserve the death penalty. You know what mercy does? Life with no parole. Didn't get away. That's mercy. That's what it had to come. The, see, the Lord has to talk to me a little different than some folks because he has to smack me around. Yeah, because, you know, I'm one of these ones sometimes. You know, y'all love me? Because I need, that's what, no, you need to get that one there. You see? But mercy says life with no parole. The law says death penalty. But the Bible tells me have mercy like I gave to you. That's right. Make sense? All right, so here we go. Lastly, holy is complete in moral character. See, that's, that's holy. Complete in moral character. Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 through 16 from the King James says that as, an obedient, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. And have we all been there? Yes. Have we all fashioned ourselves to the former lusts? Have we all been there? Yes. We all, we've all been ignorant in, in, in areas of our lives, right? Amen? That's right. Keep going. But as he which hath called you is holy. Now he's called me to be holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And so I got to be in all manner of conversation, and that's a tough one. Go ahead. Because it is written, be, be ye holy, for I am holy. Isn't that pretty easy? Who, whose image are you created in? Christ. Is he holy? Yes. So he's asking you to be who, what? Holy. holy as he is what? Yes. Holy. So he wouldn't ask you to be something you couldn't be. That's right. Or he wouldn't give you the tools to be it. That's right. And he gives you the grace to yes. be it. That's right. Well, you lacking that in your life, and some of you sitting here, but, but pastor, ain't no but pastor to me, because I ain't the one who told you he was holy. God's the one who told you that, so he's going to give you the means and the tools to be that. That's right. You see? And it's work. This work, we live in a society where it is work. Right? Yes, it is. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 21 and 22. And I want you to get that. This is very important, okay? This is coming from the Passion. It says, this entire building is under construction. He's talking, and this building, this one. This building. Okay? It's under construction. Y'all know I'm under construction. You love me? That's right. That means I ain't finished yet. Be careful. That's right. I'm just playing. No, I ain't. So this, 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 this building is under construction. How many people in here will admit that they love the Lord, they want to grow, but they're still under construction? Amen. Amen. There we go. Amen. Okay. All right. And is continually growing under his supervision. And I'm continue growing under the supervision of the Holy Spirit. I am growing. Yes, 77 years old, still growing, still growing, still growing under the supervision of the Holy Spirit. As a, as a God-man... As a husband, father, grandfather, pastor, I'm still growing, but thank God I'm growing under the supervision of the Holy Spirit because I used to be huh, under the supervision of myself. Amen. And the Bible says, lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. But not now because I'm, I have a new supervisor. Teach. Okay. Am I the only one that, that, that had to get a new supervisor? No. Okay. Are you growing? Amen. Under what? His supervision. Under his uh, supervision. 
Go ahead. Until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord Until my body rises up and, and becomes holy, a holy temple as the Lord himself. My thing is, and it's an exciting thing. Life is exciting because you grow and you keep growing. You're growing because you want to be like Christ. Walk as Christ. You want to be, you want to be like Christ. That's what Christian means, Christ-like. You don't get there overnight. That's what happens to people in the church. Sometimes we put all this pressure on you, and people think they're going to join the church, and it's no, it's a process. And, and a lot of people quit churches, and they won't go to church because they think that they can't make it. It's too hard. No. We, in the, we up, up here in the pulpit need to tell the truth. We might be bishops, pastors, preachers, reverends, but we're still growing under the supervision of the Holy Spirit. And anything that ain't growing is dead. That's right. I'm, I like that. This entire building is under the construction and is continually growing under the supervision. Yes. Until it rises up complete as the holy temple of the Lord himself. That's what we're about. That's right. And you ought to be excited about this because you ain't fixed yet and it's okay because God's still working in your life and you're still right. growing. You understand what I'm saying? You see, you don't have to walk around and act like you ain't. If, if, if you ain't there, say, just keep. They just got through telling y'all, please be patient with me. That's right. God is not through with me yet. Didn't you hear the song? Well, it's coming right behind the message. Be, be, please be patient with me. I'm still under construction here. You see? And as long as I'm under construction here, there is a chance, okay, in this lifetime, you might see it. You see? You might. But I'm going to heaven no matter which one happens, but I still want to be better. That's right. You see? That's right. I see everybody around here talking about the Chiefs one. There's two, two uh, Super Bowls back to back. They're talking about three Pete. That's right. All right? Amen. The next day. That's right. They're talking about three Pete. Okay? And, and then I had to get, I had to watch myself. I'm not talking about the shooting because that was insane and crazy. Okay? And I said that I hope they never win another Super Bowl. Ask me why. Because you got a bunch of drunks right. up there acting a fool, and your kids is wearing their jerseys, and they don't wear them themselves. And I couldn't stand that because we have all these little children here, and then we want to be drunk on Saturday and sober up maybe during the week and go sign autographs. I was upset. Should I have been? Yes. You see, but then what I would do, I would like for them to call me and I'd go free and tell them, y'all need to get in construction and get a new supervisor. That's right. Because the one you got ain't working. That's right. Because you cannot be a role model and talk about God, and they always do, and talk about God and be that guy. That's right. Is that right? And so what we want to do in here, I teach the, the men came yesterday and they moved. Isaac wanted six and had 16. And they moved that other church out of here. I mean, they worked together as a team. And two uh, uh, ladies came down here and cleaned the kitchen like they was getting ready to have the president of the United States come in. And, and, and another one went downstairs and cleaned the one downstairs. You see, that's what we do. That's what we do. You see? All right? And I want to read this. I want y'all to get this. You 
need a new supervisor if you are not growing? Is the Holy Spirit supervising your life right now? Is the Holy Spirit helping you build up your life right now? In every area of your life, where is he at? Where is the Holy Spirit at in your life? Come on. I'm asking you that. Ask yourself that. Right. Are you growing? If you're not growing, you're dead. Anything that ain't growing is dead. That's right. And there was, you read Revelation, there was a church and he got them to the church because the church was dead because it was not growing. You see? It lost its, super, its supervision. All right, go ahead, please, and tell me where I'm at. It goes on in verse 22 and says, the scripture says, this means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies. It means who's transforming? God. The church? God. Pastor? God. God is transforming you then. That's what God is doing that. He wants to work in your life and transform you into that. You see? When somebody tells you, they say, you ain't, you say, I know I ain't. But God is doing it. He's transformed me into be that. Go ahead. Again, into the holy of holies. His dwelling place. Yes. Through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. And where's the Holy Spirit living at? In me. It's in you. People talk about going to church and they'll say, I'm going to church. You know, the Spirit is high in the church. It ain't going to be high in the church unless you bring it. That's right. You see? Beautiful sanctuary. You know, in the old church, you say, God, I remember the old preachers say they had pulpits then. And they come up here. It's hot up here. The Spirit's up here. No, it ain't. If it ain't in you, it ain't up here. Just some carpet up here. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But the Holy Spirit comes when you bring him. You, you understand what I'm talking about? I need the Holy Spirit more than Sunday. I'm good now. Right now, I'm good. You see? You know, pretty soon I got to go out here. So I need the Holy Spirit to be with me and dwell with me all the time. I need That's for right. him to live in me. You see? Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit living in you. The Holy Spirit wants to live in you. In the old church, we used to think, remember Sister So-and-So used to just shout all the time? And we'd say she had the Holy Ghost. We didn't know that that wasn't the Holy Ghost. That was rejoicing in the Spirit. You see, it's called rejoicing in the Spirit. No. When you see Brother So-and-So who was a drunkard who saved and got saved and right now is working in the church as a deacon and doing a good thing, that's the Holy Ghost. Right. When you see sister, sister so-and-so who used to cuss everybody out and tell everybody what she needs to do, now she doesn't change. Y'all know some of them. And she used to change. She's changed her life and the way she acts, right? Right? That's the Holy Ghost, right? When you see that man that was uh, in extramarital relationships or woman or whomever, you see him getting himself together and molding into being a good husband or she's motivated, good wife, good father, good mother. That's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes in your life to change your lifestyle. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Teach. You live a different life. That person that was racist is not racist anymore because they live with the Holy Spirit and found out that the only thing that was different between them and the people they were prejudiced against was the color of their skin. You see? And that's what I like it in here. You see, no little use, big eyes, no big eyes, little use. We all in this thing together. God's working on everybody's life up in here. And he's, he's having to work harder on some than others. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Pastor. They just got through singing that song. I'm no ways tired. We glad that that's talking about the person and not God. 
That'd be something if God would start saying, I'm no I'm tired. You see? Are you with me? So in everybody in here, your, your relationships will change when you change. Your household will change when you change. You can't do it on your own. It's impossible to do it on your own, okay? But the Holy Spirit can come into your life and help you make the changes you need to change. You all hear me when I pray doing our Bible studies. It's the same prayer all the time. Pastor Fields does the same prayer. Father, thank you for the knowledge that I'm going to receive in the name of Jesus Christ. And I ask you to send the spirit of wisdom to put the knowledge in the areas of my life that's most needed. I do that every time I read the Bible. You should be doing that now. You should be asking God. I hear what Pastor Fields is saying. He's giving me knowledge because knowledge comes from books and personalities. So I'm giving you knowledge. You ask the Holy Spirit to take the knowledge that you gained from this lesson and put it in the areas of your life that it's most needed. You see, some of us, uh, construction, y'all know when you build something, some, sometimes it's a roof, sometimes it's a foundation, sometimes it's an electrical thing, sometimes it's a plumbing thing, but whatever it is, the Holy Spirit knows what you need in your life. That's right. Am I right? Yes. All right. Now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, coming from verse 16 and 17 from the King James and then the Passion. This is a question. This is a question. Go ahead. King James asked, know ye not that ye are the temple of God? Now, don't you know that you're the temple of God? So guess what? If you're the temple of God, Satan wants to do what? Defile it. He wants to destroy. Everything God loves, he wants to destroy. That's right. Okay? Keep going. And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And the Spirit of God dwelleth in, in you. We, I hear people sometimes praying for praying for God to be, and God's probably saying, uh, it's already there. Use it. Right. And it'd be like some, somebody may have this, you got a bunch of money in a savings account or a bank account, and you telling somebody, well, I can't pay my bills. And they ask you, you got any money in the bank? Yeah. Well, go get it out of the bank. Right. And pay your bills. Yeah. Why are you praying for power? Guess who's got power? You already got it. That's right. Because the Holy Spirit's where? Where? In me. Where? In me. It's in you. So that qualifies you to be able to do great things because greater is he that is in me. That's right, church. Okay. But you don't understand. They don't like women in this particular job. Really. I ain't the one that's supposed to understand. You got to understand who you are. That's right. <laughs> you see? You all understand? I'm just using that as a parable. Sometimes we're too comfortable. Okay. Help me, Sister Emily, pray for me, honey. Uh, sometimes we, we're too comfortable using our color of our skin, our sex, male or female. We're too comfortable using that stuff. Our zip code. You see? Amen. And then walk around talking about I'm a child of God. Mm. You know he can, go, he, he can go down to 31st Street. You know, he ain't limited. Y'all do know that, right? You understand that, right? So why do you limit yourself and not allow the power of God to come forth? That's right. You see? All right. 
We're asked in verse 17, if any man defile the temple of God. Now I'm going to say, if any man defiles his, if any man or woman defiles their temple of God. Him shall God destroy. Well. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? Who are you? Who are you? Thank you. Which temple are you? Quit being negative. There's some people sitting looking at me now like, what are you doing? This ain't Johnny talking. It's Bob talking. That's right. You see? Okay. I just happen to believe it. That's right. Passion says it this way. Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary? Wow. And that the Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you? God must make, he makes his permanent home in you. Yes. Yes. Man, that, that is something. You're God's inner sanctuary. And the Spirit of God makes his home in me? Wow. Go ahead. Now, if someone desecrates, damage or disrespects, God's inner sanctuary. And that can be you. God will desecrate him for God's inner sanctuary is holy. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly who you are. I ain't got any time that. That's who you are. There's no way in the world that you hear this kind of message and be insecure ever again in your life. That's right. If you call yourself a Christian and believe in God and believe the gospel, you should never be insecure. Some of you got your children back there. Trevor does an incredible job with them, but he can't raise them. That's right. This lesson ought to be talked about. That's right. Because high school and middle school is brutal. But if you can walk in knowing this, it'll change their whole life. There's some of you sitting here now looking at me saying, I wish I had known this earlier. Okay. Finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse mm-hmm. 19 and 20 teaches us this. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness? Now, I want you to think about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question is, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten that? You need to remember who you are. That's right. And who this body belongs to. It was bought with a price. If God didn't think it was, wasn't worth it, he wouldn't have bought it with his death of his only begotten son. He thought you were worth dying for so that you could receive the Holy Spirit in your temple. How can you be insecure? We'll be doing Welcome Holy Spirit pretty soon. All right? That's right. The question is, who lives in you? The question is, I'm asking y'all, who lives in you? That's right. Who lives in you? The Holy Spirit. So who are you? And how great are you? I better not see none of you walk around with your head down in the store. That's right. Pastor just don't understand me. Well, no, pastor ain't the one that's living in you. He ain't supposed to understand you. Pastor's just giving you a message, and you got the wrong understanding. You need to understand this. Period. You see? It says, you don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside 
your sanctuary. Now, now you don't belong to yourself any longer, because what? The gift of God. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives inside me. I'm going to tell you all how, uh, how radical y'all's pastor is. Now, I go get chemo again Tuesday, and you all know that I don't have had, had any side effects from any of this. Here's how I pray. You may not want to do this. Here I pray. I talk to the Holy Spirit. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then I talk to the Holy Spirit and say, my body is your temple. You're responsible for it. That's right. Eight-time cancer survivor. Eight-time cancer survivor. That's right. That's right. Is it his responsibility? It's his temple. So I'm, I'm telling him, this is yours. This is, your, this is your responsibility. But you got to believe it. That's right. No, you'll be an eight-minute survivor. No, you got to believe it. You got to believe what the gospel teaches us. That's right. We have been living too long with religion. Religion is man's way to reach God. God's way for man to reach him is faith. Faith in his word, that's how we reach him. That's right. Period. You see? I'm not telling you some Johnnyism. You can come over to the house something now, I don't like your mouth. We can meet at the church one of these days and we can talk some Johnnyism. But this is gospel. This is the gospel. Who paid a price for your body? Jesus Christ. Where does the Holy Spirit dwell at? In me. In you. So who's responsible? He's in there. Let him take care of it. That's right. You see? He said, I supply you every need. I need a healing. Right? I need a healing. You see? I need to be comforted. I need direction. I need power. I need courage. I call it up by the power of the Holy Spirit that's in me. I call him up. And he gives me that. That's right. That's how it works. Understand me? That's right. All right. I got carried away. Let me. It's okay. What you're saying, the Bible says this way in verse 20. You were God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood. So by all means, then, use your body to bring glory to God. What are you doing? What are you doing? You were bought with a price. Somebody told you you ain't, you better go somewhere. You don't know who my God is. That's right. You said, you know, there is a God. And he loved me enough that he bought me, huh? He sent his son to give his death, to give his life for me. And you say me, I ain't spe- I'm special. Amen. I'm special. That's right. In the eyesight of God, I'm special. And you got to walk like that, people. You got to walk like you're special. You got to live like you're special. Because you are special if you believe this here, because right. you was bought with a price, you see? Your mama just had you. Uh-huh. But then God took over and gave over and gave you a new life. It's born again. Some of y'all came out of some raggedy families. Yeah, you did. You know, you came, yeah, you did. You Mom. came out, some of your biological people, you ashamed to even tell people who you, you kin to them. But once you, and, well, yes, but once you got born again, once you got born again, you can tell people who your daddy is. Right. Huh? You see? 
You could, yeah, because many of us in here didn't know our fathers. Come on, men. Amen. We didn't know our fathers. We born again now, but we know that father. And that father could have done, is doing more for me than the other one could have done anyway, so I don't care if I never see. You see what I'm saying? I just get excited about this. It's the red. That's right. You know, red gets you excited. Y'all do know that. That's right. right, (laughs) Finally, 19 and 20 from the message says it this way. Didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place? Now, from now on, realize your body is a sacred place. Talk to your sons and your daughters. The body's sacred. And all of, most of us in here, amen, let's be real, we, didn't, we used our bodies as an instrument of sin. That's right. But now we understand it. We want our children to use their body as an instrument to glorify God. Amen. You see? Isn't that right? Don't be ashamed of it. We didn't know, as Sister Cozy would tell us, we didn't know. We had nobody even told us. We'd never even heard of the word of instrument of sin. But we are using our bodies as an instrument of sin. Don't you realize that your body is a sacred place? We didn't know our body was a sacred place. Nobody even talked to us about our body in any condition. That's right. But now we know our body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? That's right. All right. Who lives in you? The Holy Spirit. All right. Don't you see that you can't live however you please? You can't live however you please now. Squandering what God paid such a high price for? Ooh. The physical part of you is not some piece of property. You're not just some piece of property. Don't nobody own you. You can't own me. You see? Use your mouth. Use your words. Somebody said, you don't own me. I've already been bought. With a price. So you don't own me. That's right. Because I've already been bought. With a price. You see? And so the owner says, not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. All right? Again, the physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole work. He owns what? The whole work. The whole what? The whole work. The whole what? The whole work. All right. So let people see God in and through your body. Let people see God where? In, in and, and through, through my your body. body. Say amen to that. Amen. Say amen to that. Say 